All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sam Gagne's back. Who's next? Andrew Cogliano? Actually, that's not a terrible idea. Ring up Robert Nielsen while we're at it. Welcome into Oilers Nation Every Day, a Tuesday edition of the show coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. It is almost September. That's mildly frightening. The summer's almost done, which means it's almost back to actually doing what this show is called, having an episode every day, uh, which means we're close to Liam and I being back in the same room. We're totally capable of being back in the same room. I just choose to sit at home. Liam sits in the new studio, ignoring my requests that we don't do shows from the new studio until we can unveil it in its grand fashion. But that's okay. You never said that. You I never did. said that today. I've been sat- I got here at 9.30 this morning waiting for your arrival, and I'm still waiting. Yeah, no, I actually never did say that out loud. I just kind of thought it'd be cool to do like a grand show next year. So now I've just committed to doing them all from home. I think it's a wall of brick. I know, but we got things. We got things we want to put on it. It's a hell of a wall of brick. I'm not denying it. It's a fantastic wall. wall, But there's nothing on the wall to reveal. (laughs) I appreciate your commitment showing up to work at 930 this morning as well. That's very good. Stuff's got to be done, Tyler. If I'm not doing it, who else is? Buddy, you're you're telling me. Uh, former Oiler, you want to join Sam Gagne on his way back to the team. Uh, Tyler Mulek says, what's Omar up to? Anyone stick out to you? As uh, former players who could come back? Yeah. Uh, well, I did see Timu Hardikine and had a pretty good world championships in the... In the spring, there maybe that's a candidate. No, was he? Uh, he was a preseason hero, wasn't he? Hardikainen, 
Uh, what didn't like Lori Korpakoski have like a sick preseason game and we're like, damn, this guy might be good. Yeah, I remember when I became an Edmonton Oilers fan back in 2010 when all the prospects basically played for the Oilers. So there wasn't yeah. many guys in the system. And the two guys who were kind of burning through is like, oh, maybe this is the other two guys they need were Chris Vandeveld was his name. Vandeveldy, Chris Vandeveldy. That's a good pull. That's Chris a good Vandeveld. Oilers Flyers puck doku if you need it. Yeah, yeah, that'll help. And uh, Timu Hardikainen with the with the two guys. And then what was the other guy that came up? Oh, uh, Philippe, Philippe Cornette, I believe his name was. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. That was a good good era. Uh, Danger Suede says, what's G Haas up to? I, Hey, I was always a big Gaetan Haas guy. He, he didn't get a fair shake. I feel like he could have stuck on another NHL roster. Uh, Yash is in says Everly. That's actually an interesting one. The idea of getting Jordan Everly back at the trade deadline is not. Why are you laughing? That's a good idea. I mean, I I'm all in, but I just, I think eventually you have to get away from these guys who you've traded away. No, bring them back. Bring them back. Says who, Liam? Says who? Um, I just, sorry, I want to look quickly. I want to dig into Jordan Eberle's numbers last year a little bit. In the playoffs, he scored six goals in 14 games, had a game winner. Last year in the regular season, 20 goals in 82. Mm-hmm. Liam, he shoots right. He likes Edmonton. The idea of a Sam Gagne, Jordan Eberle, Eberle line as we head into the playoffs? Come on. Come on. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and shoot down anybody's dreams. Thank you. I- I'm just going to say maybe, maybe these other options. <laughs> I refuse to believe that Jordan Eberle at 50% retained is Warren Fogel's cap hit. Who says no to Fogel in a second for Eberle at 50% retained at the deadline? Certainly not me. I don't think very many people in our YouTube chat would say no either. Well, let us know. Would you say no? Yeah. Second and Fogel for Eberle. At 50% retained at the deadline. Who says no? Uh, Dr. Gonzo's in. He said Hope, Hall, Omar, PRV, Eberly. Man, I mean, Taylor Hall at next year's deadline? Who says no? We are uh, drunk on nostalgia with the news that Sam Gagne is back in the mix. If you missed it yesterday, he joined the Real Life Podcast. So I had a chance to chat with him a little bit about how things all kind of broke down. We'll have more on that in a second. I'll play you a clip on that in a second as well. But let's... uh. Let's start the show with the Star Mechanical News Desk. Liam, Star Mechanical, proud sponsors of this year's Oilers Nation Open happening at the Millwoods Golf Course. Star Mechanical is the number one plumbing and heating company in Edmonton. And number one on our Star Mechanical News Desk today is the news. Sam Gagne is officially back on a PTO. The worst kept secret for about the last, what, two weeks here. We all kind of felt like this was going to happen. His third stint with the Edmonton Oilers and... I mean, Liam, listen, it's a lot of fun to sit here and and smile about the idea of Sam Gagne being back with the Edmonton Oilers. That is a lot of fun. What are maybe some more realistic expectations here for Gagne? I mean, I think if he cracks the team, he can be like a second version of Derek Ryan, where he'll get you a 10 to 13 goals next year. Maybe you can use him in some different scenarios. And he's a he's a little energy bottom sixer. Uh. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment of what Gagne could be. I think maybe even Derek Ryan might be his ceiling of what the best he could be at this moment in his career. I think I think Gagne will get some form of contract with the Oilers this season. I don't know if it'll be like an off-ice thing or if it's like a two-way deal, him going down to Bakersfield up and down. But I mean, he's just going to be 
it's just going to be a good vibe all season long. So I mean, yeah. all about the Sam Gagne train, but there was that tweet yesterday. I think it might've been uh, NHL said that tweet out actually. They were saying it was basically like only one of Pedersen, Lavoie, Kajula, Gagne, Brandon Sutter. And it was one other guy on there too. I can't remember who I'm missing would essentially make the Edmonton Oilers because of the cap issue they're in. Yeah. I will. Okay. Aaron, let's flash up the uh, daily faceoff lines then. Cause it'll give us a nice little visual here on, on what we're dealing with in terms of the roster crunch. I would say 11 of those spots are locked in, right? Obviously those guys in the top six, obviously that third line, Dylan Holloway, Derek Ryan, those guys are all making the team. The Oilers, because of the cap crunch, and we'll talk about Bouchard's uh, new deal in just a second here, now that we really know how much money they're they're dealing with, they're not going to be able to do anything more than 12 forwards, 7D, and two goalies on the roster. So there is one spot up for grabs. You outline the names. Lane Peterson, Raphael Lavoie, Sam Gagne, Brandon Sutter. I don't think Drake Kajula's really in the mix, but I guess you never know. Yeah. I... Can Gagne grab that last spot and be an every... Because if you're going to make the team, you need to be an everyday forward. I don't think it's a stretch, but here's kind of the issue. Sam Gagne needs to make it... Make such a strong case to crack this lineup that the team's okay with waving Raphael Lavoie. And that's where it's a little bit like, ooh... Like if he outperforms Lane Peterson and Lane Peterson's got to go on waivers, like with all due respect to Lane Peterson... Whatever. No one's losing any sleep over that decision. If the Columbus Blue Jackets pick him up on waivers, it, it's in all likelihood not going to change the Oilers' season. Mm-hmm. Do you want to risk losing a piece like Lavoie, who you've spent how many years developing, second round pick, all that stuff? Do you want to risk losing him just to keep Sam Gagne on this roster? I, I don't know. I I would suggest probably not. I have a question, Tyler. I don't know the answer. It can, is Vincent DeHarnay waiver eligible? I'll pull up their cap friendly here in, uh, not, in just not a second. Sending him down on a permanent basis, but maybe the Oilers can just get kind of clever with things here, right? Like Broberg's going to be able to go up and down. And by up and down, I mean basically sit in the stands when he's in Bakersfield. And that's how yeah. maybe you can rotate your roster a little bit so you don't have to sacrifice a Lavoie, for example, if you want to keep a, a Gagne or a Pedersen or whoever it may be, like maybe that's a way they can kind of juggle around with their money. So DeHarnay does need waivers. Marcus Niemelainen needs waivers. Broberg does not. But this all circles back, Liam, to the cap crunch, right? And the roster crunch. You can only keep 21 players on the roster because of how little caps, how much, how little cap space you have. So DeHarnay, you probably don't want to put him through waivers. Niemelainen, you're okay with. If you're gonna, if you're, are you coming to this from the perspective of do you keep six D men and then have 13 forwards? Uh, essentially. And then you kind of run the risk of when you need Broberg, you send down Gagne, kind of like what you did with Devin Shaw last year, right? Yeah. You never really go to Bakersfield, but you're on and off the team. Yeah. I don't know. I think the danger with only keeping six D men on the roster is what if someone gets sick? Are you going to play a game with five defensemen? Versus if you keep bro, like going 13 and five is a lot different than going 11 and seven, right? No, yeah, but I'm suggesting that Broberg is still with the team, just not technically on the team. Like he's still there. And when you go to seven defensemen, you just send down Gagne. If, I mean, we're hypothetical to say that Gagne yeah. actually takes the team out of camp. 
Yeah, the lead. Yeah, and and right, that is a big. It is a hypothetical. I don't think you're going to get away with that. Um, I think you probably just need to make a decision at some point. Um, looking, I'm just again kind of scanning over the Oilers roster right now. Like they have 13 forwards listed on their cap friendly right now with both Peterson and Lavoie. So like again, you mix Gagne into there. Only one of them is going to stick. You're probably going with 7D. Maybe it's not Broberg making the team. Maybe Marcus Niemelainen is your seventh D. I think that's probably a competition that that's going to be open come training camp. Um, probably ties into another awkward conversation of like, man, if Philip Broberg doesn't make this team over Marcus Niemelainen, what are you going to do? Um, yeah. But I, I do get what you're saying with it's just a paper transaction. But I don't. I, I think you could do that for a week. I, I don't think you could do that for two, three months, right? I, I think at yeah. some point you need to kind of make your decision. Um, Tyler Mulek says, if Derek Ryan gets waived, would he even report to a team if they pick him up? I think Derek Ryan probably would because he's got another year on his deal. He's got $1.6 million he can be making. Would Sam Gagne do that? I, I don't think so. Remember when Jason Spezza went on waivers a couple of years ago and he kind of <laughs> let it be known to every team, he's retiring if you claim him. Yeah. Maybe Sam Gagne does that same thing. I, I don't know. Um, the fact that he picked Edmonton for his PTO probably gives you a little bit of insight into where he'd prefer to be playing next year. So yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, why is Kyle Peterson being, or says I could see Derek Ryan or Lane Peterson being waived. I don't know if they'd wave Derek Ryan. I, I think he's probably got a spot. I think he's valuable enough to that forward group. I mean, maybe a name that has an outside shot of not making this hockey club. And again, like outside, outside shot. Cause we know, players in the room like having them there. Maybe Matthias Janmark doesn't make this hockey team because then it's a million bucks going down. You're burying that whole cap hit and you're keeping Sam Gagne at 750K. You have a bit more cap space. But even that, like, I doubt Matthias Janmark doesn't make this team, you know? Yeah. But saying that, they they, they did it last year, right? Like Janmark yeah. was the one who went down. I mean, a, t- a ton of things could happen as well before... A pocket's even dropped too, but I'm sure Sam Gagne had a conversation with the other staff being like, hey, like, we'll take you on a PCO, but this is our situation. You might end up in Bakersfield to start the season. Yeah. And I mean, he's been around the league long enough. He, he's certainly not a dummy. He's a very smart hockey mind. I'm sure he's looked at the Jeff chart and the cap picture and been like, damn, you know, but I, it also makes sense why he's back a little bit. And yesterday, if we could have the clip maybe queued up here, Aaron, yesterday he joined the Real Life Podcast and he talked about kind of the reasons why it made sense and also the Jeff Jackson effect a little bit. Let's roll that. Come together from your side to finally having the announcement come out today. Yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of kept tabs um, with the Oilers throughout the summer and then uh, obviously with Jeff, Jeff Jackson, uh, being there now. And, um, you know, he was my, my agent for a long time. Um, just kind of followed up conversations with him and, um, you know, I wasn't really sure where I was going to be at hips wise, um, as the summer went along. Um, but my, my hips feel great. I'm ahead of schedule and, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to be ready, um, for, you know, to come to camp or to, to come on a PTO or anything of that nature. And, you know, I'm, I'm still, um, you know, still pushing to try and, um, get to another level. Um, you know, it's been kind of a long summer in terms of just rehab and then getting, getting back on the ice and trying to get back into the playing shape. And, uh, I'm at the point now where I'm kind of taking a little more contact and, um, 
you know, about a, about a month ahead of schedule, which is great. Um, but everything feels really good. And, um, yeah, once, um, uh, you know, once I knew that, um, you know, there was an opportunity for me to be ready, um, you know, I just felt like it, it was, it was the right, right thing. Um, so talk to, to Jax about it and, yeah, just looking forward to, to coming to camp and, and helping out in any, any way I can. There you go. Sam Gagne yesterday on the Real Life Podcast. That full interview in its video form is up now. Um, why Why is the chat talking about the bricks, Liam? I don't know. Now we're getting all sidetracked. They are real as real can get. Real bricks. I would Dangerous run that for the Edmonton Oilers if I have to prove they're real. Dangerous Wade said the bricks are real and they're spectacular. Um, Lance doesn't like them. Kyle doesn't like them. My response is get used to them because guess what we're doing the show every day next year? Right in that studio. We'll have stuff on the wall. It'll look a little bit more decorative. It'll be, we got new cameras coming in and all that stuff. So um, Nova, scratch the brick. I swear to God, I'm going to lose it. That brick is a good look, damn it. Scratch. And we can't just real. take it out. It's real brick. You know how it's much effort brick. that would take to bring yeah. that all out? Lance, you're in the love it. Realize how much effort it was to bring the bricks upstairs <laughs> one by one. It's unbelievable. One by one. <laughs> circling, uh, circling back to Dave or to Gagne, Dave Lunn is in the chat and says he talked a lot about his injury and recovery. How does that affect the Oilers handling of Gagne? Yeah, I mean, so he started the answer kind of saying, you know, Jeff Jackson took over. Obviously, his relationship with Jackson, his dad worked for the agency. Jackson was represents Gagne. I think it was one of his first clients, too. Like, there's a relationship there, there. So it makes sense. And how does it relate to his injury? I think there's a high amount of respect there. I think if Gagne comes into camp a week in and is like, man, my hips are shot. Like, I thought I could keep up. I can't keep up. I, I don't think the Oilers are going to be upset at that. And kind of the other way as well. Like if Gagne comes in and busts his ass, I mean, and it doesn't work out. I, I think he should understand and know that he has a close relationship with the guys on the other side of the table. He knows the tough job and tough calls they might have to make. Like I, I just think that mutual respect, both in terms of his health and his ability to bounce back to that. I, I, I think that's something that Gagne probably takes a lot of comfort in. Right. And you can kind of tell just from his answer there. Yeah, I, I think that's fair too. There is just a mutual respect all over. And you know what? Maybe this is also just a showcase for Gagne in a little bit too. Like he's yep. gone through free agency. Now, if it doesn't work for the Oilers, at least he has the opportunity to prove himself to the rest of the league that he can still play in the NHL on a regular basis like Chris Vestig did, right? Hopefully yep. he doesn't go to Calgary. But Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, someone said, am I the only one not excited about Gagne? What does he bring? Like, it's a PTO at the end of the day. One, it's giving us something to talk about right now. That's a big plus. Two, Again, you need veterans for preseason games. If Gagne comes in, plays four preseason games, and they say, hey, it's not going to work, or hey, we're going to send you down to Bakersfield, and again, maybe down the line, this leads to a coaching thing, a management thing. Like, There's just there's no downside to signing guys to a PTO. Um, why are people talking about Steve Dangle in the chat? I don't understand that. Pringle says, why couldn't we bring back Zach Cassian? Because Zach Cassian is objectively a worse hockey player than Sam Gagne. Sam Gagne is going to score you, again, if you gave him 82 games on whatever team this year, he's scoring you 10 to 12 goals. Like he's still effective. He can still, he has a good nose for the net. He's got good offensive instincts. Gagne is still good. Zach Cassian mailed it in in Arizona last year. I have no problem coming out and saying that. I don't think he's going to play in the NHL again. I think part of that might be health too, but he looked out of gas in Arizona. That's not a player I would be even remotely interested in. Uh, Alicia says not Gagne in Bakersfield, but I think that's something they've probably talked about. I probably should have asked Sam Gagne this yesterday when I interviewed him. But like, you know, the idea of him going down to Baco and just being a a real good pro for that team down there, that's not a that wouldn't make this project and this experiment a failure by any means. You got you gotta to remember too, last time Sam Gagne was here, he played in Bakersfield. Yep. Like the others sent him down. This is not something he's unfamiliar with. And so I, I don't think, like you said, Tyler, Sam Gagne is, is more than likely expecting some kind of decision this this season, whenever it may be, that yeah. he probably spends a little bit of time in California, not on an NHL road trip. <laughs> Lance says, just shoot him a text. Um, <laughs> Dave Lund, did any vet player not mail it in in Arizona last year? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's also fair. I don't think, yeah. although we talked about it last week, Sleeper team this year. Everybody watch out for the Yotes. I'm low-key hopping on that Yotes bandwagon. I want to see the Yotes do well. Columbus, Buffalo. There's a couple teams that I I want them to upset the status quo a little bit. The league's gotten a little stale in terms of its playoff races the last couple of years, I think. Yeah. Who Same would mine be? I think, you know, I think I'm on the... I know this isn't really original or anything, but I think I'm on the Penguins train, too. You want to see that thing go well? I, well, I mean, Sid the Kid. Yeah. You got to just respect what Sid has done, and I think he deserves one more opportunity to have a crack. Mm-hmm. One last kick at the can. Yeah, well, I, I'm getting on that bandwagon this then, year for sure. And then we'll get Crosby and McDavid in the Stanley Cup Finals. So that'd, that'd be something. That'd be something. Uh, let's move along on the Star Mechanical News Desk. We'll talk a little bit more Gagne and all that in the next bit. Uh, Evan Bouchard got his new deal, continuing the annoying trend of news breaking in the hours slash days following this live show. I swear it's been like three weeks in a row where the Oilers have had news break on a Wednesday and we committed to doing this show on Tuesdays. Uh, but Bouchard gets a two-year, $3.9 million deal. You've heard a ton of analysis on this already, so we don't have to rehash things too much. 
I think it's exactly what we believed it was going to be. Would it have been cool if Evan Bouchard wanted to cut the Oilers a deal and sign for $3.45 million and then, you know, Gagne and Lavoie could have made the team? Yeah, it would have been great. But that's not on Evan Bouchard to do that. And I don't blame him for one second or hold any sort of ill will against him. The deal was exactly what we thought. I think it's going to be a great value for two years. And yeah, you're going to have to pay him eventually, but cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Evan Bouchard did not have to do that for the Edmonton Oilers. And he, yeah. he took his money when he could. And I, the deal is still pretty good for Edmonton if they can get two years of like 60 plus points out of him. Yeah. We're all going to be enjoying it. And the time is now to win the Stanley Cup. So in some ways, he did help us a little bit as well in taking that kind of money. So I'm fine with it. I fully expected it to be this way. And I think Evan Bouchard got the right deal. Uh, other big news from last week. This one kind of came out of nowhere. Austin Matthews gets a four-year extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs, ending what I was hoping would be one of the bigger storylines next year. I wanted that shit to linger, Liam. I wanted Austin Matthews to be a pending UFA in January when the Leafs are clinging to a playoff spot. It would have been hilarious to see that market do their usual kind of thing to uh, that kind of story. But Alas, Matthews, four more years plus this coming. So five more years in Toronto for AM 34. If you're an Oilers fan saying massive overpay, overrated, come on, get real. Not a massive overpay. One of the best players in the NHL. Do I like the way Austin Matthews has handled this from a business perspective so far in his career, though? Absolutely. That four-year deal coming out of his ELC was an absolute market setter. Like there's only been three contracts in the cap era, Liam, that are for 10 plus million dollars on the AAV and less than seven years. It's been the Matthews first deal, the Marner deal, and now this other deal from Matthews. The guy, the guy setting himself up to get paid at every turn. And I respect it. Um, over the course of his eight years post ELC, he will more or less earn the same money as Connor McDavid in his four year or in his eight years post ELC. But Matthews did it in a way where if there wasn't COVID in the flat cap, he would have been cashing in big time on this current ticket. Instead, minor raise. And guess what? He's going to be a UFA at 29 years old again when the cap in five years, Liam, is up, what, $20 million, $25 million? Austin Matthews, I think, has set himself up to be a $20 million AAV player in a few se- in four or five seasons. Yeah, he's... He's been incredibly intelligent with the way he's handles his negotiations and these and the money he's getting and when he's getting them too. It's not just a coincidence that he'll be a free agent at 29. Yeah. Like Matthews is a smart player in, in that side of things. And even you look at the the deals he has, wasn't he the first NHL player on the cover of like GQ or something weird like that? One of those fashion magazines. Yep. With that them. hairline? <laughs> he wore a hat. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean... People who were saying it's a terrible deal, you're lying. The question now from an other's perspective is, what is Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid going to ask for? But to go back to the start of it, Tyler, it would have been very, very nice just to see this linger and just gradually, gradually get more intense from a Toronto perspective. Yeah. And obviously kind of interfere with the season and, and you know all that kind of stuff. But whatever, it's over now. Now we can talk less about Austin Matthews for four yep. more years. So you brought up the question of how does this potentially affect contracts for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? I I think it probably gives you a bit of a framework here. Um, like Leon Dreisaitl is going to sign. He's 27 right now. So again, UFA at 29. 
assuming he wants the eight-year ticket, that is his one or his second big, big contract, I think you're probably looking at a 14 to 15 and a half million dollar AAV for Leon Dreisaitl. When it comes to Connor McDavid, it's going to be all about what Connor wants, right? Does he want to be the highest paid player in the NHL? Does he want to leave a little bit of money on the table so everyone in the core can stay intact? We'll see. My prediction right now would be 14 and a half for Leon, 16 and a half for Connor. But I also wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they met that in the middle and did matching, like had matching deals. I know they wouldn't obviously be signed at uh, at the same time, but yeah, Yash asked, "How do you make the money for all of that?" And I actually think it's it's not as daunting as some people would lead you yeah. to believe. So first off, the summer that Leon Drysital and Evan Bouchard are UFAs. Cap friendly has the cap being $92 million, which is probably fair. It could be a little higher, but we'll use that 92. And they have $38 million in cap space. That is with both Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell signed. That is with three other defensemen all under contract, Nurse, Ekholm, and Kulak. And that is with four forwards under contract. So not a ton in terms of roster pieces signed. It's only nine players, but you have 38 million bucks. If Dreisaitl takes up, let's call it 15, you're down to 23 mil. Let's say Bouchard needs eight. You're down to $15 million with 11 players signed. So you need to sign 12 guys with that 15 million. Mildly daunting. I totally, totally understand that. But you could do something like an Evander Kane bio because he'd be heading into the last year of his deal. All of a sudden, I think moving on from Jack Campbell could be a lot easier to do in that final season. I'm not sitting here saying it's a cakewalk, but I don't think it'll be as tight and stressful as some people think because, again, 11 players with $15 million. Not ideal. And again, that's kind of some outer marker stuff with Dreisaitl and Bouchard taking up $23 of that. It's outer marker stuff. But again, your key players are locked up, right? Like you have... Again, your top five, six forwards would be under contract. Your top four defense or top three defensemen would be locked up and under contract. I'm not that worried about it personally, Liam. You will find a way to make it work is kind of my point. I I have no concern about it. If the, the Edmonton Oilers have been waiting for this day, basically since both those guys signed the contracts, yeah. they knew they were going to have to pay them whatever it was going to be. And they're going to figure it out. There's no way the Edmonton Oilers are going to go into these negotiations and not have enough money for these two guys to play and then build a team after it. There's a plan in place. There has to be already. Yeah. yeah. And again, the cap should be higher than 92, yes. I think. Um, so yeah, I, it's, and again, it's a long ways down the road. Like I know people were like, Oh man, why didn't you go long-term with Bouchard? Why didn't you find a way to make it work? The bottom line is you're in win now mode. If you're the Oilers and the goal is to get players for as cheap as possible. Signing Evan Bouchard for 3.9 million versus in air quotes, making it work to get him a seven by seven extension, which we don't even know if he would have signed that $4 million is significant. That even if it was three and a half million dollars was the difference. That's significant. You need that money for players on your roster right now. Cause you're trying to win a Stanley cup. The goal is not to keep Evan Bouchard and oiler for as long as possible for as cheap as possible. As great as that would be, the goal is to win Stanley Cups in the next two years. And to do that, you get guys on bridge deals. So again, I, I think there's some people who like to run around like the sky is falling 24-7 with this organization. And the bottom line is it's not. 
And you can sit there and be like, how are they going to sign Bouchard and Dreisaitl in two years? You make it happen. When you have good players, you find a way to keep good players. If Leon Dreisaitl ends up walking away as an unrestricted free agent, it will not be because he wanted too much money. This is not those Oilers anymore. This isn't the Oilers of the early 2000s. It will be because he wants a new challenge and he wants to move on. Point blank, end of period. If he wants to be an Oiler, they will make a deal work. End of discussion. Uh, There's our Star Mechanical News Desk brought to you by the number one plumbing and heating company in Edmonton. You can find out more. Starmechanical.ca is the website. The number on the side of the truck, 780-481-8873. That's the number you call if you need some of their fantastic 24-7 emergency service. Rusty is in, says, agreed, Tyler. There's always a portion of the fan base that will be angry at whatever just happened. Great example of that. People mad Sam Gagne signed a PTO. Don't really understand why there needs to be any rage about that. But uh, there we are. Uh, Pringle McDingle. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just speaking of rage, do you remember a couple of years ago when the Oilers signed Devin Shaw to a two-year deal and it was like the sky was falling on everyone? Just a crazy... Oilers fans, the passion is real, but sometimes it is weird. It's the dog days of summer. (laughs) They need something to to yell at. Uh, Cody asks, is that an Oilers baseball jersey? It's actually not. So it's like a hoodie with like sleeves underneath it there. Uh, if you want to get your hands on one, sportscloset.ca or one of their three locations in Edmonton or in the Edmonton area, Kingsway Mall, St. Albert Mall, Short Park Mall. It is really cool. We do get a lot of comments on this. It's got like a cool patch on the side, the Western Conference patch. I think you can kind of see that. Yep. Good gear. Get geared up for the new season. Also, nationgear.ca has a big sale on right now. I think it's 50% off shirts and hoodies or something crazy like that. What? 25% off headwear. Liam, go to nationgear.ca right now and check out some of those deals. I did not know this. Even I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do a little bit of shopping, I think. You guys need to read your company emails more. <laughs> Let's get matching outfits for the golf tournament, Liam. Yes. <laughs> Big day. Uh, <laughs> so, Liam, it's the two of us, Ryan, Farmer John. They won the auction to play golf with us at the Oilers Nation Open on Friday. Did you hear what our wager is with Jay and Chalmers and then their group with Cody? Uh, no. So we're having our season opening party on October 11th, I believe. So mark that date on your calendars. Liam, we're going to, because it's scramble tournament at the Oilers Nation Open on Friday. Our group against Jay and Chalmers, the winners get to choose an outfit for the losers at our season opening party. Oh, no. Okay. Are you more motivated to go hit the range a couple more times, maybe? Well, I wish I didn't take my three-week vacation now. <laughs> I would have yeah. just been on the links for three weeks. Okay, well, I guess that changes my approach to my week in general. I will have to go to the range every day, and maybe I'll get a round in before I go out on Friday again. Oh, yikes. Okay. I will be fine, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think you'll be all right. Um, someone in the chat was asking, that's like, what, 15 bucks a shirt? Most of the shirts on the site are marked down to seventeen fifty while supplies last. The Oilers yeah. Nation flannel is down to fifty-five bucks in there, and I'll tell you how much the hoodies are as well. The hoodies are marked down to fifty-nine as well. Uh, hats because those move, they are at thirty-three bucks, and they're new era hats as well. So thirty-three bucks is actually a really good deal on that. So there you go, NationGear.ca. Also, while you're at NationGear.ca, you can check out the trip to Seattle that we are doing in November. We leave on Friday night. We get to Seattle Friday night. Saturday, Edmonton, Seattle, Climate Pledge Arena, hockey part of the trip. Sunday, Seattle, Washington, Lumen Field, 
football part of the trip. Monday, you fly on home. It's a hol- It's a long weekend Monday, so you only have to miss like half a day of work at most on Friday. Giddy up, nationgear.ca. Trip is already 60% sold. Boom. Um, Nuge Lover says, Tyler, I thought you were wearing the Donaire costume for the day of the season opener party. I might do that the day of the Oilers home opener or something along those lines, but that is if the YouTube channel gets to 20,000 subs. Then I will document myself wearing the Donaire costume for a full day. And That's all. People haven't seen it yet. The Donaire costume is fantastic. And I want to see Ty wearing that thing himself. So. I might create a couple extra YouTube profiles just to see that get done. <laughs> also, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this yet, uh, but Cody was asking about the Heritage Classic. Any recommendations? Hit up our friends at Greta. We're going to have a good time at Greta. Um, but we, if you come to the season opening party and you don't have Heritage Classic or uh, outdoor game tickets, just connect those two dots. Maybe. You never know. You never know. We might have some cool giveaways coming in October is uh, kind of what I'm hitting at hinting at, and I hope I don't get in trouble for ruining any sort of an announcement. Um, all right, let's move on to our Sherwood Ford Giant off-season question for the day. It's brought to you by Sherwood Ford the Giant and their fantastic mobile service department, which I took full advantage of. Um, the question today, Liam, any other PTO candidates out there that you like? Um, I, I I can jump in first here. There was one I did like on the blue line side of things, and it was uh, Simone Benoit. He signed a one-year $750,000 deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's off the board. So honestly, I'm going to say no. I think the roster crunch is legit. I don't think you can ignore it anymore. You have enough veterans. I think you're good. I think Sutter and Gagne give you good competition in camp. Pushes pieces like Lavoie and Derek Ryan to have to go hard in trading camp. I think they're good. No more PTOs for me. Liam? Uh, yeah, we are probably good. I'll give you one name, Tyler, and we've thrown this one out a million times. But if it's going to be someone, I think it needs to be Mark Pissick. You need a little bit of help oh, on the right say. side. Bring him in. See what he can do. It's been a year. Maybe it just kind of helps both parties. A local guy gives good competition. Doesn't work out. Gives him a showcase for the league as well. He'd be the only one. Yeah, I like that name, actually. Mark Pissick would be a decent one. Bring him in because you need extra blue liners um, to get through training camp. Pissick. Not a terrible idea. That's a good one. Didn't think about that. I uh, I like that. Pringle McDingle says, Benoit would have been a good addition for us. Cody says, Aston Reese. Here's the problem you're probably running into with guys like Aston Reese as well. They're not dummies, right? They're going to look at the depth chart and be like, how, how would I even crack this roster? I think it's kind of getting to that point where there's a bit of a log jam. So I don't think it'll be another forward. I do like your idea of going with a guy like Mark Pissick on the blue line. Uh, Wise Kyle says Maxime Comtois. Same thing. I, I just don't see how Maxime Comtois could come in and force someone off this roster or force a couple of guys off this roster. Uh, a lot of you, including Colt, who's in with a question here, um, are, are worried about the toughness for this team. Why? I, like, come on. What are we doing here? This is not 2001. I, you don't need an enforcer on your team anymore. You can play tough, and they have guys that'll play tough. Darnell Nurse plays tough. Matias Ekholm plays tough. Vinny Darnay plays tough. Evander Kane plays tough. Zach Hyman's a prick to play against. Like There are pieces here who are thor- will be thorns in the side of the opposition. You don't need someone sitting at the end of the bench for nine minutes who's going to go out there and drop the gloves. I liked what Clem Costin brought to the team. I agree that that is a nice element to have in the bottom six. 
But is it a problem that they that Costin's gone and they didn't have a Costin clone coming into things? No, not at all. I'm not losing any sleep over the Oilers' perceived lack of toughness. Yeah, 100%, Tyler. I think people just forget about all those other guys and like the game's not like that yeah. anymore. The Oilers are a very physical team and tough to play against. I, you don't need to be fighting someone every night. And I get it. Like Costin was amazing to watch. I loved watching him play where he's fighting the way he could score goals and just his overall game. But like the Oilers are not going to miss that presence too much on the ice when Darnell Nurse plays 25 minutes a night or Evander Kane playing his 18, whatever he is. There's always somebody out there who can be that agitator for this team. And if you run your mouth, the Nuge might get you. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, Tyler Mulek, how, how about Paul Stastny? Again, just just not not room. Uh, Dangerous Wade says the fact that Maxime Comtois is not signed yet is interesting. I agree with that. Yep. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, Good News says we're lucky to have a player like Kane that plays tough and can play the first line. Yeah, like that's what you want on your team. You don't want, again, a guy who can only play eight minutes a night just to fight. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's our short for giant offseason question. Are we expecting any more PTOs? I think this show is in agreement. Liam, you brought it up. I think Mark Pissick is a dang good answer to that question. And for all the forwards who are still on the market, I'm just, they, they don't do it for me. None of them I look at and go, that's worth waving Raphael Lavoie for potentially or losing out on Sam Gagne or whatever. Like, I, I think they're good and they're covered. So uh, there you go. That's our short for giant offseason question for the day. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of betting later on in the show, although it's already 1240. We've cruised through 40 minutes of this bad boy. Um, so let's get to the fun stuff for today, Liam. Let's do our big list brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstoneins.ca. They have a nice little button on there that could save you some money since you're a nation citizen. Check out their website. All your insurance needs. They insure the nation truck. So they can certainly help you with whatever you need. Uh, last week, we did companies that have no business being in the liquor game. Today, we're circling our big list back to sports, though, Liam. Um, inspired by my rage that summer is coming to an end and hockey is just around the corner, which is great. I love that hockey's back. I'm just angry that summer's almost gone and it's flown by. Uh, we are going to do our biggest temper tantrums in sports. I guess this also maybe ties into toughness in the Oilers. I don't know. Not really. Uh, But our biggest temper tantrums in sports, before we dig into our answers, Liam, uh, how difficult was this to come up with for you or did you breeze through it? I had, I had three or four in my head when we discussed it this morning and I had to search a little bit. And then the one I found for number one actually was the one I was missing, but it's one that I, uh, I really liked, but it's, there's a variety of temper tantrums. You got your violent ones and you got your guys who just go off in press conferences. So I think yeah. we've got we've got a good list, Tyler. And we have 10 different ones too. We do, which is always exciting. I got a little bit of a peek at yours. And I think in ways you and I kind of took the temper tantrum thing, the, the wording and, and the definition of it almost in a different way. Uh, so let's dig into it. We have clips for most of them, if not all of them. So let's... Sure. Uh, all of them, Aaron? Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Um, let's start with my number five then. Pete oh. Weber, bowling. Who do you think you are? Let's run the clip. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! That is why I did it! That's number five! Are you kidding me? That's right! Who do you think you are? 
the re- I know this isn't like, you know, a temper tantrum in the sense that he like, f- it doesn't appear like he's freaking out at someone. But when you hear the side of the story that apparently there was like a teenager heckling him in the crowd and that's what pissed him off to go off on that. A grown man at a bowling tournament screaming into the crowd because a teenager was heckling him. That makes it an all-time temper tantrum. It's an all-time clip. That soundbite has been used in so many different ways. Pete Weber, who do you think you are? I am. Strike to claim it. It's beautiful. I think every time I go bowling, I say that line. I think everyone on planet Earth says that. I just think for that kid, you come at the king, you best not miss. Yeah. Yeah. You don't come at Pete Weber like that. Uh, My number one is violent, but something I watched live. And nobody will know what this is, but this is a soft clip of Lee Bowyer and Kieran Dyer, who played for Newcastle United on the same team. And then this happened in the game. Same team. There's a fight going on here between two Newcastle players, Kieran Dyer and Lee Bowyer, having a fight. Goodness me, what on earth is going on? I have never seen such a thing. Lee Bowyer and Kieran Dyer suddenly were at each other's throats. I had never seen this before. Yeah, people say soccer is soft. Well, what does he do now? Barry Knight calling the two players towards him it's a red card for Kieran Dyer and that means it will have to be surely a red card for Lee Bowyer it is good grief (laughs) so they had to play two guys short yeah they played two guys short so basically the story behind it is that um Lee Bowyer wasn't happy that Kieran Dyer wasn't passing him the ball so he attacked him (laughs) and he's just like and that was the end result they both got red cards all right um, what do we got? Uh, my number four on my list, George Brett Pintar. Again, classic. This isn't a direct like fighting with someone, but it's an all-time freakout. This is an all-time visual that I love when he's in the dugout. It's so good. Oh, is there no sound with this one? I've, I've never, I've never seen this. I never have either. I don't know what I don't know what they're measuring. They might be going to call George Brett out. Well, he is. He's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out. Look at, look at this. Brett is out. And He's steaming mad. He is out and having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate umpire Tim McClellan. And the Yankees have won the ball game 4-3. to three. Brett is called out for using an illegal bat or with the illegal substance on the bat. Like I said, I have seen this before, Frank, and uh, Gaylord Perry just took the bat away from home plate up. <laughs> so if you haven't seen that before, and I see Lance just asked, what are they measuring? They said he used too much pine tar on his bat, and that made it an illegal bat, which is why they were like measuring it over home plate, because that's apparently how they did it back then. Um, but... The fact that a it's like a pine tar violation that leads to this freakout makes it absolutely hilarious. And then you're right, Aaron, him storming out of the dugout like that and having to be held back again over pine tar, but also it ended the game. Like I totally get it. Um, just hilarious. That has to be one of the best, like hold me back bro yeah. moments where he just runs out. He was never going to do anything. And he's got his <laughs> hands down, but he's like, somebody grab me and try and hold me back. <laughs> All right, Liam, what do you got in your four? Um, oh, Malice in the Palace. I mean, this is just something that is always incredible. It's got its own Netflix documentary. To watch, yeah. 
Meta World Peace, formerly known as Run Our Test. Yeah. Beating up the world, ironically. Between the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons fans, again, you know, we cannot drive this home enough. This is something, you go across <laughs> oh my the board God. of the four of us here, we've been around a lot of sporting events, all right? Either playing in them or watching them. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Well, the age of electronics is kicking in because I just got a beep from Joe Dumas, and one of the one of the things he's taking issue with is us sitting up here right now and basically saying that it was justified for those, pan, for, for those players to go into those stands. He says there's no justification. Regardless, the fans were wrong, but the players should not exacerbate but, the situation. But we're not saying that they're just that there's justification. We we are what I'm trying to say is that you can definitely empathize with the reaction of someone who was involved in a very volatile. There you go. I don't know. There's not much else to say about that. <laughs> it's just an absolutely incredible clip, and they all deserve to be punched in the face for what they did. It was just like I watched the documentary on that during COVID, and like it was just unhinged every single way, like every angle of it from our test to that fan, like the whole thing was crazy. Um, that's a good one. Cause it's a good freak out. Uh, number three temper tantrums. I'm going back to hockey for actually all three of my final ones, Don Kaharski and this incident. Um, let me hit, here it is. Hit it. He's up with the Bruins tomorrow night. Coach Jim Schoenfeld is still seething about the work of referee Don Koharski in game three. After the game, Schoenfeld met Koharski yeah, as the ref left the ice. Yeah. And while the exchange was heated, you will see in this tape the reports that Schoenfeld pushed Koharski are erroneous. It's the whole clip. I'm happy to use that ESPN one. That is a great one. Uh, but the idea that they're so angry in the hallway after the game, again, you talked about a hold me back, bro moment, yeah. him being held back and just screaming while Kaharski goes down the tunnel. It's, it's an all timer. Absolute all timer. Testosterone in there from here right now. However many years yeah. later. <laughs> All right. Mine, uh, Liam, what do you got for your number three? My number three, like I do for most, I've gone back to a soccer clip. And this is yeah. Eric Cantona kicks a fan after being subbed a red card. I can't remember. He literally, well, we'll see it. We'll see it. It's incredible. Yeah, this is like 1998. He drop kicked them? One, two kickers. Like, <laughs> 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 
Oh, that'd be a good replay after. Oh, I think he went too far. Oh, oh, here we go. Whoa. That is no joke. Nope. All right. Well, that just looks like chaos. <laughs> yeah, I think he was suspended for like nine months or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would it. argue. If anybody has seen Ted Lasso, they did something similar to this. Not quite as, it was a little bit different, but that's what it was supposed to be kind of played off as in a way. Fair enough. All right. Um, okay, Liam, I like that you get uh, you get a little foreign with these. Uh, number two for me, I'm going to go again, hockey one, staying in the division. That time, Torts freaked out so hard he went to the Flames locker room to try fight Bob Hartley was an all-timer. I think we have a little clip. John Tortorella has gone over to the Calgary Flames hallway outside their room. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the Calgary yeah. room. There's Brian McGratton trying to push him aside with some of the Calgary staff. Okay, he's got to calm down. Yep. <laughs> Shane O'Brien in the doorway with his gear off. I, the video is not great, so we could probably cut it. But this is um, outside the Calgary Flames dressing no, room. There goes Clint yeah, crazy video. Oh, just moment. <laughs> what was the end goal there? That's what I always try to figure. What was what did he expect to happen if he got in there? And I think that's what makes it such a good tantrum is because it's just senseless. Like, yeah, what did you think? You would get into the room and square up with Bob Hartley? Square up with the whole coaching staff? Like, what was the best case scenario in that for, for John Tortorella? I appreciate him standing up for his guys. Also, the fact that you're so mad that you like went back to your own coach's room and locker room and were like, you know what? Screw it. I am going over there. And then made the walk through the bowels of Rogers arena to get over there. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, Liam, what's your number two? Number two is I went a little different on this one. Alan Iverson practice. I know this one's a little tame, but it is an absolute all timer. And it makes me laugh every time I watch it. And who hasn't said thumb it up. When you just talk about practice, we sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice, not a game, not, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game. Like it's my last, not the game. We talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? I mean, we're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. When you come in the arena and you see me play, you see me play, don't you? Absolutely. You see me give everything I got, right? Absolutely. But we talking about practice right now. We talking about practice. Man, I look, I hear you. I, it's funny to me, too. That's right. I mean, it's strange. <laughs> 22 times you said practice in a minute. I I will say, I think he got too bad of a rap over that. I think there's some part of the story where like he had a friend who passed away and like he was away from the team for a few days and like 
wasn't in a great spot. Like the whole thing behind it, he got a very bad reputation yeah. from that moment. He didn't deserve it. And that clip is also just hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that's an all timer. I just like that. He's like, I know that it matters. But yeah. <laughs> Come on. I'm Alan all right. on the franchise. Uh, my number one, again, I like tying this back to hockey and I wanted to end it on a Oilers, somewhat Oilers related note. He didn't do this as a member of the organization, but Jim Playfair eventually did join the Oilers. So it's Playfair going ballistic. League will run the viz. That's J.D. Watt, who gets tied up with Hamilton Bulldog, netminder there, Cedric Desjardins. He's kicked out of the game. And then Jim Playfair, the head coach of the Abbotsford Heat, goes crazy. Dave Sheldon with the call. I mean, blue ice area, Dave. He's up at the and now Jim Playfair is getting a penalty. And Jim Playfair just broke the stick over the ice. He has lost his mind. Jim Playfair is throwing the stick on the ice. Unbelievable. He's throwing his jacket off. Jim Playfair is going nuts on Jamie Koharski right now. And the fans are with them. And he's going to break a second stick. He's on the top of the bench. And Jim Playfair once again throws another stick out the ice. Jim Playfair has absolutely lost it with this referee. And now Jamie Koharski. <laughs> I think he ends up throwing even more shit on the ice at one point as he makes his way down the tunnel. The whole thing. I love a good tantrum like that where they don't like, it almost seems like they fuel themselves up more. Like he's like, at first the ref tells him whatever. And he's like, kind of calm for a second. And then he's like, Whoa, no, I'm pissed. Breaks one stick. Then he's like, F it. I'm even more pissed. Coach is holding them back with the jacket. He's like, yup. Now I'm even more pissed. Jackets off. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The jacket coming off right here is just the best. That's so good. <laughs> also, that is just pure anger. I love it. <laughs> uh, Jamie. Best. All right. My number one. Bring it home, Liam. It's a good one. Pretty iconic and pretty recent. Habib jumps the cage and attacks the crowd. This is a good one. And everything leading up to it was good with like <laughs> just McGregor being McGregor. Yeah. And the whole fight is actually, I rewatched this fight the other day and it's kind of insane what Habib does and then this is how it ends. Look at him. Look at him screaming at the corner. He's screaming at Dylan Dennis, Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach. Look at him. Oh, and no, now Habib no, no, jumps no, the fence. No, 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 no. Whoa! No, no. He's going right at Dylan Dennis. Mayhem. Oh, no. Total chaos here. It looks like UFC security has corralled Khabib Nurmagomedov. Well, Khabib wasn't kidding when he when said no hands in. Can yeah. the fight. <laughs> oh! This is so Nurmagomedov teammates throws a right-handed cutter. All hell is broken loose. This is crazy. This is nuts to watch. This, this guy's being good. Tony McGregor's infection on the earth and that he was able to bring other people just the chaos was insane and this is this is nuts absolutely that's nuts. a good one that's a good one all right there you go there's our big list best temper tantrums in sports we each kind of took it a different way i dig that i think we both had good number ones as well um there you go that's a wrap on the big list brought to you by cornerstone insurance we are running out of time on the program today so we are going to cut right into our Betway other sports report. Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Liam, the Jays are winning tonight. Yes. They won last night. 
took care of business. I know this segment is basically just me explaining that the Jays are going to win every single Tuesday. I don't know the numbers on if they are, but it's pedal to the floor time for the Toronto Blue Jays. They're taking on the Nats. Jose Barrios is in a nice bounce back spot here against Washington. I'm digging up the pre-built bets on Betway. Jays to win. Barrios, six plus Ks. Gosman racked up seven yesterday. Barrios can get to six plus 200. Boom. There you go. Uh, anything you like on the betting front today? Uh, no, I'll probably just ride with you once again, and hopefully it pays my bills. Me too. Right Thanks, on, Tom. boys. Shout out to Betway, 19 plus. Play responsibly. The Jays on the main market tonight are minus 188 favorites, plus 105 on the run line. We'll have some stuff going up. Oh, yeah. Give me your give me your breakdown, 60 second breakdown on what's going wrong with the Jays right now. Because I've been in and out of this season, and I see that we're at we are so at the soft point in the schedule. And yeah. I thought we we're gonna rack up all these dubs. They don't seem to be. Why is that? Let me know. Uh a lack of clutch hitting is really all it is. Like they should have won two or three against Cleveland. They had runners on second in the ninth and ten with tenth with none out, couldn't win the game, lost in the eleventh. It's lack of clutch hitting. The pitching is great. Other than that, it it just hasn't really clicked at one point for the Jays. So lack of clutch hitting is is the number one reason why. But the bats looked okay yesterday. No Bo, no Chapman, but David Schneider's ripping the cover off the ball still. So I, I think this Jays team will go on a run at some point. I'm hoping last night was the start of a really, really solid little streak here for, uh, for Toronto. Hopefully they gain some ground as well. They just need to catch one of Houston, Texas, or Seattle. All three of them won last night. Hopefully at least one or two of them lose here tonight. So giddy up. Giddy up, Liam. Uh, new Oilers Nation radio on Friday. New episode of this show next Tuesday. Oilers Nation open and a ton of really, really fun content coming from the Millwoods Golf Course on Friday. All brought to you by Star Mechanical. Shout out to Betway, Cornerstone, Sherwood Ford, the Giant, and Sports Closet. As always, live from the Sports Closet studio where you can pick up cool gear like this. Thanks for tuning in. Hit the like video before you go. Listen to the Gagne interview. And we'll talk again next week.